0: do not i think i could do it scared (sighs) yeah breathe it out get deep. all of us let's get a deep in the nose and then out the mouth
1: i do got to remember that there are good things and i really i stayed up you know to like 10 last night (laughs) 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 yeah it was totally fucking worth it so
2: it, it was it was i stayed up till 2 30 in the morning
0: i texted roman at like midnight and then started to feel guilty and then he sent a response back at like one and i was like okay good he's awake <laughs> like he's i didn't fuck him up no It's, we're here. I don't know what episode it is. Fuck. Oh, I don't we either. need numbers in relation. <laughs> You're like, right. To, does
1: this episode need to make sense?
0: Welcome to Batman in Quarantine. <laughs> we don't know what episode number it is because we're all stuck <laughs> in the web of Doctor We Daedalus.
1: Maybe have been here forever in
0: the Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually just super excited to have the two of you here to talk through <laughs> that confusing experience that is this issue because I love it. This is like you know kind of back to top form of the Morrison Batman stuff. Uh, but fucking in Burnham crush oh, crushing it, but in wonderful fashion. Um, and I like the best of the Morrison stuff. I can't walk away and say I knew exactly what happened, uh, when it happened, where it happened. So, um, welcome back, to take, Mate, like, I'm Jeff.
1: I'm Justin, and I had to take breathing pauses to get through this issue. I was like, okay, breathe, remember where you're at, and now go back in. <laughs> because I'm
0: Roman, and I just, I just, went with the spiral and fell down the hole rode yeah, the baby. spiral rode the spiral to the end tool reference hey so this is this is the, the culmination of the first chunk of batman Inc. we get leviathan is revealed as to who they are the dr daedalus story is wrapped up ish we get some more uh, ink characters showing up some ink problems showing up great scene of several robots um, smashing their hands into their fists and the threatening gesture. Great, Burnham,
1: but it's a labyrinth. <laughs> Our hero is challenged Our
2: significantly. Our hero is challenged. You know that threatening gesture? It's also a little, I think it's a little nod to uh, Burt Ward as Robin. Did he do that back in the he, show? He was famous for, for he'd always be like, gosh, yes, Batman. Oh. <laughs> and he was always in that position. In the background, he you are down a line. He'd be like, yeah.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> Robin, can you quit threatening people with your fistules? <laughs> um, but God, guys. So we spit like, the issue Wild. is sort of Buckwild centered around <laughs> this room that the Bat crew has found themselves in that has five doors, each of a different color and let me tell you can you guys just tell me if what i read is the right the read so this the the crew is stuck in this room it's got several colored doors and i think that daedalus is trying to like he's used this gas that mimics alzheimer's so their their memories go into shit or at least batman specifically but he went through one door but then has he been tricked into maybe thinking he's gone into a bunch of doors or time is kind of dissolving what what is your read there we're did they actually get stuck in a time loop or or something? Or did he just think that he went through more doors than one? Gosh. Uh, well, first of all, I have to ask one thing. Or maybe um, all of that was wrong. Because
2: this, this room they're on with the doors, is that on the submarine that's, like, crashing yes. to the bottom of the sea? Okay, it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they, that's, they that's good to know.
1: Went to the submarine after a distress call got in there. There's these five doors that each lead to a different place. But there, Batman specifically is on some, like, mind fucky drugs. Um, and I think he goes through one door, but his brain keeps breaking, and he thinks that he's going through different doors that are different times. Or each door is meant to look like a different time that he's in. So every time he goes through a door, he thinks he's in the same door at a different time. Because you, like, you go to the the one through one door and it, the, all the rooms look at any dead deadlitus says like all the rooms look the same right. but one looks like decrepit like he's been there right. forever and so i couldn't discern like is he in one door and his mind is tricking him that he's going to different doors or is he going through different doors that are fabricated and fashioned to look like different times
0: i think that and okay and then like when and you know I, again, love Grant Morrison for giving Tim Drake dope-ass moments. So I love when Tim realized that the thing is kind of built on, like, pressure sensitivity. And, like, the impression I got with that is, like, maybe this room is able to subtly spin so that, like, they're being tricked into going into, like, different doors. I mean, I think you you spit both two truths there. So I think that's happening. I think the other truth is that I think maybe Batman went into one door, but because of these drugs and that screen... He's like being tricked into like, am I seeing this room or a different room? And I think that he's kind of getting almost brainwashed into believing that he's gone into more than one. Right, I think he's just like legitimately
1: in a Bat-K hole, a Batman in quarantine (laughs) hole, (laughs) tripping balls in the same room, but his mind is A, pretty fucked up, and B, there's some other shit going on where Batman thinks he's just like constantly going in endless doors, not finding what he's looking for, but the whole time he's just kind of sitting there like, man. Will Robin pass the Cheetos?
0: Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> I'm done
0: is... watching Cartoon Network.
1: <laughs> what, what, what Adventure the... Time is
2: weird. <laughs> Boy, one of the things that this this is all an homage to is is the last episode of the British TV series, The Prisoner, because that final episode is kind of the same thing, where where the prisoner is he's trying to get to the truth. He's almost there, but there's all this mindfuckery going on and so illusionary... Cool locations and stuff and even dr Deddles's chair is the same chair the number one okay the, the head bad guy of the village and the prisoner sat in the same chair like that i've, I've sat in a replica of that chair in in wales
0: in Damn. the village i read said there it was... said they didn't
2: have the spider legs
0: i read there was some prisoner references in here and i was like i know roman likes the prisoner so <laughs> i'm excited to hear some follow-up on that
1: I heard, I listened to the podcast in Spokane about Roman speaking highly of the Prisoner comic that came out. Yeah. And his, like, affection for that story intrigued me so much that I went to the Wikipedia page and read about the show. And since then, I've just had, like... A huge interest in maybe watching that show at some point or reading I'm, the book. Like it I'm so, so, so with you, dude.
0: Cool. He, his enthusiasm—it sounds so awesome. Um, it, and I I would love to then. watch it one day. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Like it seems like a pretty progressive
2: story. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd rewatch it all with you because it's only like 17 episodes.
0: Word. Well, what I my my hope is that this year, even though it's a pandemic world and no pressure on anybody, but Christmas Eve I will be watching. It's a Wonderful Life and the upstairs of our comic shop like we did last year. And I know Ashton's on board. So if we want to get, you know, under of nine people together for that. Aaron, (laughs) Justin, (laughs) invitations out. I'll pitch it to Aaron. Gosh, this issue, like on top of being a confusing issue, it does chronologically jump all over the place. Like, oh
1: yeah, this, I was like legitimately confused as to, I guess towards the end it finally does a thing where I'm like, "Oh, this is intentionally fuckery." Yeah. But I was like, "What is going on? I can't tell the order of these things." But I love I love when you take like a material thing in a story as if like, "Okay, so Batman is physically literally been poisoned with Alzheimer's somehow." And then like the way you tell that story mechanically mirrors that experience. That is just that kind of Commitment to the storytelling to the point where it's meta is my favorite thing in comics in general. When you fuck with panels based off what the story. I mechanics totally, are doing.
0: I totally agree. I, I I think it's, you know, to throw a word out that's thrown probably out too much, but like masterful, I feel like that oh, British sure. Scottish, like that English 90s vertigo era of writer, you know, the like Neil Gaiman's, the Alan Moore's, the Grant Morrison's, like that was a thing that was more experimented with at that time. And is like, I think it is disorienting to audiences, but like feels like Swamp Thing has done things like, I mean, that, you know, like the Watchmen. Yeah, actually. Yeah, for sure. So these, these things of that, like, I, I love, I love that, uh, that mechanism as well. And I, I wish it was a more common thing by today's standards
1: right it, it feels like it's it should have been the new or like for a while it was a way that like comics were just going to be written thus forth but now it's more of a school of thought and you don't yeah. see as much of like the way you tell the story is actually integral to the story itself like you know watchmen was like okay this is very precise it's a watch metaphor so we're going to make everything super precise and about you know doctor reviewing like mirroring dr manhattan's perception on the world that these are all just clockwork things going in this like the panel read the
0: watchman in in 10 years and i i i'm like that's a dope take i didn't know that that's rad Django's always talking about how internally consistent and precise it is and i'm like oh a watch metaphor i get it yeah okay. it's, it's the
1: preciseness of a watch and i think that that's intentional and i and obviously there's tons of comics that do that but it is i think a minority in the in the comic scene in this not that I'm comparing this to Watchmen because it's one issue, but it is doing that like, okay, our main character, our protagonist is having his mind being chopped and screwed. Like he he's falling in and out of time. And thus like the panels and the actual way they tell the story is that way. Mm-hmm. And it like legitimately got under my skin last night. I was like, well, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> um, and so I really like that school of thought or that tradition almost of like, I'm structuring the story based off what's going on in the story is just so
0: fucking cool. I, I totally agree, and I'm just a little embarrassed to have the Batman in quarantine. Uh, listener base, know that I I'm aware. Okay, I know I haven't read Watchmen in like ten years. Okay, I get it. I think it's great. Li- everyone out there listening, don't think less of me. I'm I, I'm gonna reread it. I'm gonna reread it. I know it's the you know I know it's very good. I'm sorry. No, I'm- you know instead of a instead of a watch
2: you could say that uh morrison's run on batman and this issue particularly but morrison's overall run on batman is its structure is kind of a
0: brunian ring a a meta material i love love it i love meta material get it you know like and that's what i think hickman excels at as well just like just toss some words that feel like they are you know putting out the idea that you you know that it needs to put out, but you don't need to inundate me with the science. Although Roman and I both stumbled upon an article that the beginning of it about this issue really does break down the science of the first couple pages of this particular issue. There is a lot of accurate science in, um, you know, just the things about, uh, the the way light refracts off of these things or, um, that the, the loop, the Brunian ring, um, yeah, the hyperstructure. Yeah. There's, there's some, Math and I know, math things that I found myself um, not going down the rabbit hole on this morning. But, yeah, um, yeah. But it's cool that <laughs> that's all there. Yeah.
1: I know nothing about, like, what metamaterials actually are, other than I'm aware that it's also, like, a mathematical scientific concept. And I know that, like, this is super weird, but I think it tracks with Morrison's stuff. People in UFO communities, there's lots of talk In like you know believers about Mm metamaterials and UFOs and metamaterials and there's some line some silver cord connecting the two that I have haven't participated enough to know but I know Morrison's a super alien guy yeah and so you know he probably is mixing that like you know fictional occulty stuff and like real science like he likes to do
0: yeah um the little thing that I read like metamaterial. Um, like, the the way that it reflects light to only have certain things go through it in this. Like, the description I was reading is, like, oh, yeah. So, that's, like, it would create invisibility. But invisibility isn't a thing that actually exists in our reality as far as we know. So, it, okay. that makes it a metamaterial because it's, like, Fuck, an yeah. idea that could exist. But so, that makes total sense with aliens because, you know, using a material that makes them inv- invisible or only some people see them or something totally, uh, that's an awesome point. It makes... Makes sense in Tracks.
2: Just in there, it was just... I'm looking at that. I happened to look at that document that Jeff referred to. And he has a note in there that um, the colors of the doors in association with their elements comes from Aleister Crowley's Golden Dawn sex coloring of the Enochian ta- tablets. Yeah, it's also tarot <laughs> stuff.
1: Um, these colors are used a lot... Those particularly are used in the incal a lot as well, because mm. it's all tarot oh. and and those... They're associated with the classic Greek elements, so I, I love that, I love the elements so
0: and like in that thing Roman it said something to the effect of like because Alister Crowley did this, but like I love that it was like, yes, it's you know part of this Enochian or occult, you know within alistair crowley um so it's either very difficult to pull off or in Crowleyan fashion it's a misrepresentation of the truth to protect the magics of it and i know that alistair crowley that was a big part of him like the book of lies book of truth all that like what is true and not i was just like what an awesome safe way to have your legacy you know like the yeah. thing i say is either right and if it's wrong it's because i'm intentionally obfuscating <laughs> yeah. the truth like that's safe. Dang. A little bastard. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I guess what we were talking about a little earlier was just trying to figure, follow the timeline here. Cause once Batman's in that room with Daedalus, if he is Daedalus, what I f- can't find where he says it now, but isn't it like every 10 minutes he starts a countdown and every uh, 10 minutes, yeah. another uh, or five minutes, another uh, Batman corporated person is supposed to be killed? Mm-hmm. So it kinda, he, he
1: does take a few down. He does. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of thought kills it the hood, god damn it. There, God yeah, damn hood. I love him. <laughs> yeah, and I thought the kind of the
2: timing of events here were pretty followed that pretty well. I thought, yeah, and he tries to kill Batwing, but they do a great classic, you know, like Superman Batman uh, switch costumes <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> switch <I'm> not, clothing.
0: <laughs> not sure if the issue that you guys are looking at, because I'm looking at the omnibus, so it's been reprinted. But the double page spread where it has the hood getting killed, and then for me the. Uh, the same double page, really. The right half of that is showing the like Batman holding the dead body of Daedalus, mirroring. Is, is that how it's presented do you guys? Yeah. There's no ads or anything? Okay. Yeah. So that double page spread, I love it. Just like the way that BAM is written into the gun as the person oh, that's kills so the mood. Cool. And just like so basic, but also just like looks great and then the way the color shifts onto the next page but it still it has this giant blam thing written and then that kapow i roman I'm sure, i bet you saw yeah. in that article as well that like that's exactly the typography of how <laughs> it was um representing the batman court like the batman 66 shows written like that so it's taken from that now roman in that article it references that chris burnham overtly said that on this page there's a Dark Knight Returns reference as well as the Year One reference of him holding the body there. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know the Dark Knight Returns reference. Did that make sense to you or Justin? You know Dark Knight Returns. Does is is there anything inherent into this page? That is is it the pearls becoming the chair?
1: I, th- I don't know. Maybe it's the hand grabbing the pearls, but I have I can't think of it.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure either. That would be my guess. It would be something with the 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 pearls and then zooming in
1: on one pearl that becomes something else. Okay what a cool thing to do though like it just for a second without explanation without reason it just like we go into batman's mind for a second and he sees this like piggy in tower that we've been established with and like it's his mom and it was pig's mom so we are like oh batman's psychologically fucked right now like he's talking to cage wire monkey mom Um, (laughs) and then the pearls become the chair it's such a cool visual thing and like he so seamlessly is like, okay, we're going to go in for just checking with Batman's mental state for a second. Oh, he's fucked. And now we're back in like, <laughs> the material ground of the story. Um, it's so cool. And I was thinking about this issue and like a fuck ton happens internally, externally, story events wise. It This is really only maybe an hour on a ship and they only go into fight like not much as far as like physical time and space happens. Like yeah, so much is breaking down and we're learning so much and characters are dying and things are being revealed all within like, they're just exploring a whole of a ship.
0: Yeah. You're right. It's like, it's like 30 minutes across four different places, you know, right the passage of time I think is really interesting in this as well. Just the way that they constantly represent it. The way that, you know, at one point, and when Daedalus, I believe, is standing in front of a bunch of computers and he's, no, it's actually the Dead Man, uh, Lord Deadman, and we see him. He's standing in front of a bunch of computers, but each monitor has, like, a different second on it. And Mm -hmm. then, like, in the one shot where uh, Dr. Daedalus, like, electrocutes Batman and it's got, like, a bunch of bloody gaucho on the left, and there's just, like, they're looking at a map of the world, but there's a infinite counting down clock around it like representing every second or minute and i just think that's a really interesting way to put like okay we have a a time frame that's going on here you know we have things are counting down but also it's this weird psychedelic like all time is happening at once like i could click this computer and it's 15 minutes and three seconds or this computer and it's 14 minutes and nine seconds like it's just a it I guess to your point, Justin, the unease with which we are moved through time through this issue is a really psychedelic, well-executed thing because it would be one thing to just be a 30-minute transmit, you know, through this ship, but the Alzheimer's thing is is so integral to it.
1: Right, like, it takes pretty late on to the story to see that Batman and the homies took their boat to this physical boat, you know, and Oracle's, like, Manny, at the same time, like, homies are getting blown up in a satellite and then Oracle's trying to get the robots to save them. And within one page, there's three timeframes. There's people in space dying Oracle in the, in the past, trying to get, or in the current present time trying to get the robots to the the ship to save them. And then just below that on the page is the beginning of the mission where Batman and the gang are driving to Leviathan before all of this starts. Like, before yeah. Batman's mind gets fucked, that's like, okay, now we got this emergency call because Gaucho's in trouble on this boat. Let's go investigate. And that should have happened, like, page one. That's yeah. before <laughs> yeah. Batman is, because we've already established, like, oh, Batman's on the ship and his mind's getting fucked. But now we're seeing him get there pretty late in the game. Yeah, that's
2: that's pretty awesome. I, I didn't notice that on the first read-through. Um, Nor I. Because, yeah. yeah. It's, I think, the second page is when you see the subs start to sink, but we don't actually see Batman and crew get there until the page you're describing underneath Oracle.
1: (laughs) I just think his ability to orchestrate time in a way that makes the reader not know what the fuck's going on, even though there's clearly a string of events that's happening in the world, our ability to perceive it is really messed up, and the fact that he can engineer that is masterful to me.
0: The fact that we cannot know what's going on, but perfectly within the morrison Web of like you know they're not supposed to know this thing at this time Django um had a huge amount of stuff to do today and he was going to be on this episode and and wasn't able to that sounds like a convenient excuse for one of the most uh wiggly wobbly where when causality tracing issues of the entire run I mean, I think he just was like, okay, I need to have an opinion on this. I'm not going to be on the podcast.
1: I'm going to do a bunch of drugs for the first time and I'm going to read this and I'm going to figure out the secret. You know, he's just in a, he's in a K-hole right now reading this.
0: Do you, you know, on the uh, other side of this page that you were, you know, we were just talking about with the Batgirl and the summary on the right side of that page where it's got Batman like cl- trying to climb to the chair of Daedalus, I'm seeing a bunch of bodies traced on the floor there. I didn't realize that until this moment. Do you, what is anyone's interpretation interpretation of what that is i think
1: it's red robin
0: damien and
1: dick like i think it's the three dudes that he beat up to get in there but i think that's also representing them like you could lose these people okay. if you don't uh just sit in that chair for a second take a breather buddy get in that spider chair
0: relax and... you did good <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah yeah i could i yeah i think though yeah representations of bat agents okay god, god they are dying the art is so beautiful. This and so in so many different ways from page to page. I'm looking at a couple of pages before that on when Batman uh when he first has entered that room and he's talking to Daedalus, and there's one panel that's a circular inset panel that has Batman looking into mm-hmm. a smaller circular inset panel looking into a smaller in- c- circular inset panel. Oh. And and they're all the same except the co- the colors on the walls ahead of him and the the countdown numbers
0: on each, each computer oh, screen. oh <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see the countdown number that's awesome
1: yeah that is so cool <laughs> and you have batman running out of the room yeah he's which, looking like, himself running out <laughs> which like that makes me feel like is he materially his physical body is leaving a room to go in another one or is he just like so lost in time he's like did i leave this room right or am I entering this room? Oh yeah,
0: and because yeah,
2: yeah. he's not actually looking at himself leaving the room, the the panels alternate
0: where you right. see him looking, and then you see him leaving, and then you see him looking. Well, just and then on the bottom right of that page, we have one panel that then serves as the the you know the moving on to the next shot, which is the hood getting killed. But I didn't realize that behind that transition shot, it has the clock getting to ten. Mm-hmm, yeah. oh, which yeah. is every five <laughs> minutes. So like we get this one shot of hey we're at ten, and transition to a scene of a, of a dude dying kind of um, killer good buddy the hood
1: yeah
2: yeah, yeah. By, his, by his boss
0: his <laughs> who he
2: trusted right i love that thing because that's again a reference to a british tv show
0: so what okay so the, the great bit of robin killing dr daedalus i absolutely adored that like we got we gave damien a you know a, a hero moment which is really cool
1: yeah, yeah. and also like We've seen Damien thus far attempt to renounce m- his more of his assassin ways. You know, under Dick's guidance, he was, like, trying to be more of a detective, and we've seen all through Batman and Robin him, like, slowly learn that he needs to use his mind more than his actions, like, in... Ep- issue three of batman and robin he goes and beats those people up mm-hmm. and dick's like no you can't do that and he's like okay well i don't really like the detective stuff and you see him slowly grow to to do that more and then he like snaps again and is like i'm gonna be righteous and take this crowbar to joker and it fucks him over mm-hmm. and then he like you know there's this whole arc of damien attempting to kind of renounce Ra's al Ghoul's ways or the the league of assassins ways and be more like batman this is like, for me, I remember reading it the first time. That was the biggest moment of this whole arc is like, they're so pressed that Damien fell back. You know, it's almost like a relapse into his old violent ways that he did it to save his dad, but he still broke his ethical code. And all the progress of Damien thus far has been kind of stifled because he killed somebody, which we've, we're like, come on, kid, you can't kill people. You know, come on, buddy. Let's not throw knives through people's necks
0: and what's or interesting, through their eye. <laughs> what's interesting here is that, just like you said, um, his, him embracing the assassin way with which he was raised is, a, it was a shortcoming, but here it's what saved the day. Right. And I think that that is an interesting character arc that isn't as simple as like, good, you've learned how to use your power. It's like, okay, well, so then this thing that I'm learning to stifle also does have a thing that is necessary at times. It's, you know, it's not, it's character growth, but it's not an easy black or white, like, cool. Now you're becoming Batman. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I like that too. And it's it, it shows that like nuance that Damien as a child has to bear in this world. Like, okay, it's sometimes okay for me to kill people, but most of the time it's not, Yeah, you know? Um, Give me an answer. Like,
0: is it right <laughs> or wrong? Is it good or
1: bad? Right, yeah. Like, you know, he apologizes for it because, you know, Batman's going to reprimand him. You know, but he's like, I was trying to save your life. But I loved the double double cross of gaucho, like he you think he's yeah. gonna defeat Batman, but he was working for Batman, so he actually saves him. And I feel so bad for Gaucho because uh, it's a heavy price to pay to get a cane through the neck. Ugh. To try to like do the right thing, you know?
2: Speaking yeah. of cane yeah. the- oh Roman please. You know, I love the fact too that that Damien um, literally he throws that broken broken Hitler cane and pierces the eye of daedalus and leviathan in a way which right subtextually we'll find is how that's important for
1: sure that's the, also
0: yeah for the, oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah um this shot like we get one shot of who we assume is kathy kane sitting in this gorgeous place on this island that image is really fucking good um it's it, really
1: evocative uh, too
0: it like it's i love the perspective of it it's it's panoramic in the way that like the atmosphere the physical environment takes the precedence but that's that image right there is one of the things that reminded me so much about quietly's influence on burnham like Mm -hmm. that person in the white standing there i just love quietly because it looks like he draws just like he's a couple inches from the page and he's just drawing (laughs) squiggly lines in the background of people and clothing. like it matters instead of just being a flat thing so the quietly there, I super love. But guys, what is? Who is Matron? Who is Kathy Kane talking to there? Do you guys get that? She's talking to. She's talking to Matron. Who is Matron though? Oh, they, they came up mother. earlier.
2: Yeah, Maybe Matron. It's her mom, I think. Well, Matron is oh. Matron is the guy that shoots the Hood. He's the head.
1: Oh, okay. Never He's mind. the
2: head He's... of whatever secret agency
1: the Hood works for. I remember the okay. name came up in Which like I think issue is four or five. Yeah, yeah I mean. Which I think is spiral, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think the shot is to imply that Kathy Kane is still in Spiral, mm-hmm. and that she's like, she's in it, but she's elevated enough to kind of like not get her hands dirty. So I think we're like starting to see that like Kathy Kane has got some serious sway within Spiral and is like a high level person to not be fucked with. I thought she was talking to her mom because matron, matroness, right, right. Um, But yeah, yeah, I was yeah like, that's that's just the code name for.
2: That had, and that's and that's based on the British TV show The Avengers. were Steed and Peel worked for this—I forget the agency—but the person they reported to was Mother, which, uh, was, yeah, was, which was which was a dude, just like the guy.
1: This guy that Hood refers to as Matron. But it's crazy. Like she's so elevated within Spiral that she doesn't get her hands dirty, to the point where like she won't even interact or intervene on getting this villain, her dad, that's a big threat. So she must be pretty, you know, kind of at a level where she doesn't dirty her hands with events like this. It implies like Kathy Kane is
0: someone we should worry about. So yeah, she's got a lot of power. So dumb question, but so spiral UK organization that Kathy Kane's a part of and Gaucho was a part of. And and we know that Daedalus was a part of it at some point, but we, throughout this, were to believe that he's now working for Leviathan. So Spiral and Leviathan are at odds with one another.
1: Yeah, they're okay, like so she's too, not working it's with a chessboard between them. no. Okay, okay. she wants to get her dad and her dad and her. This is essentially like a feud between them because Daedal- Daedalus, like, he's just a grifter. You know, he uses whatever he can. You know, he was Spiral for a while. He was a Nazi for a while, and now he's Leviathan. For a while, and Kathy Kane, I feel like, is trying to catch her dad. Right. Um, and he's like, Well, fuck, you know, you turned my daughter against me. Um, and he says mm-hmm. that to Gaucho. And so it feels like there's like a chessboard between Leviathan and Spiral, Deadlitus, and Batman's like kind of just a, a knight in between them all. Like he's not even quite on their level yet. Like he's not, he's in their game rather than their being in his
0: game. Let's talk about, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, I was just like, what? There's some organizations. You know what? It's even like that metamaterial three circles. Like, that was a thing about like how, um, in reading the little science of it, is that one symbol of those three circles, like that links to two other ones. So it's like a triangle of these three circles. But the theory is that as soon as one isn't there, the, the meta material, the thing that they those things create with together would couldn't exist or something. But you describing that, it's almost like you've got Spiral, Leviathan, and Batman is this like trifecta of, you know like a three way chessboard. But I That's want to talk a, about a good yeah, catch
1: because yeah. it's like a campaign. You know who who's who's got power at this time? You know,
0: yeah. The I just like am so impressed with the page revealing Jezebel Jet's head. Yeah, it's fucked like, up. Dude. And what I love is is this feeling that we have you know someone maybe online i can't remember which reference uh, article was referencing it but like this, somebody said that like it's kind of the perfect metaphorical embodiment of this run and i totally agree because on the one hand you have the mm-hmm. red phone from adam west run and on the other hand you have an almost over the top graphic i plucked out like really fucked up scene, and I just love that dichotomy of like it's the zany '60s, but it's also the nihilistic, bloody '90s, your 2000s. You know, like it's, <laughs> I, I love the the combining of those two things. Yeah, that was that's such a great couple
2: pages. That sequence and what uh, uh, the words between Bruce and and Tim there as they both realize who re- Who
1: really is behind this all <laughs> right and i look I th- like the phone being the lightheartedness of the 60s that's inherent in batman and then jezebel jet being the like integral darkness that's also in batman to me it reminds me of the duality like the you know there's a whole theme of duality in this red and black light and dark yeah. the times of batman where he was a heroic like ha ha and then there's like batman the the like guy who just like beats people up and is all about vengeance there's this this interplay between Batman's light side and his dark side, and, and
0: that's like kind of the whole Morrison thesis. You saying that makes me you know, like Irons at home, which is just that like all things have happened. You are not just a good guy or just a bad guy. The mm, right. you know the Knight of Vengeance is the same person that was answering the phone and sliding down poles with bat, you know, with Robin, and they they all exist in the same way that you know fourteen year old Jeff is actively a part of thirty one year old Jeff's life. Right. Just wow, an and I,
2: that's yeah. Oh sorry, go ahead. No, please, please, please. Oh. And that and that just makes me realize that oh, and also all things have happened. The fact that we've got Kathy Kane, the original Batwoman, so you've got lighthearted fifties Batman girlfriend relationship, then you've got Jessel Beljet at the time, current weird, complex, you know, betrayed, and then it's gonna be real really, Oh, you know,
0: you, you, well, here's another X, bad X, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, um, you know, Roman, I bet you have resonance with it as well. I don't know why I feel like Justin and I are particularly. This is a particularly ooky thing to us, but I think Talia's act with what she does to Jezebel Jet is like particularly horrifying on the level of like like a psychopath of like the type of damage nine-year-old that's like you hurt me i'm gonna kill Mm -hmm. your dog so you never do like this weird like you dated the guy i want to be with jezebel so i'm gonna cut your head off pluck out your eye punish him for like this really just like the like the scale of retaliation being absolutely over the top is that weird just like almost childish level of evil that you know grows with some people and they don't ever grow out of that is like primally scary right yeah. like there's in the sickest most
1: disgusting horrible violent people there is this disgusting frozen innocence in them at the same time like they they're so ill-formed that they're stuck developmentally so you hurt like feelings right yeah <laughs> this, this like you know you see these horrible types psychopath serial killers and think that they're really grisly and adult but it's actually no this is just a twisted child in pain and the horrificness of their acts is like their childhood creativity gone bad you know they're just these frozen fractured things and what you were saying jeff speaks to this like i think it's also like batman thinking it was jezebel and her leading him to think it was jezebel is like look at the like look at your choices like you loved her, this lowly person who can't do anything and is now is a, a de- decapitated head. And look at me. I'm so much better than her that I can decapitate her, degrade her, pull her eye out. Like, how how could you choose her over me? I'm so much better. It's almost this, like don't you want me and the thing
0: and the mind game. You just made me think of of just like, fuck you. I also have the power to make you think that she is, you know, like Leviat, like, right. Like, right. don't fall in love with somebody yeah. because I can, I have the power of your brain to me, make, make you even convinced that she's the great villain, you know, like right. that's deeply fucked up. Wow. Right. And, and Jeff, you even said one of the, uh, you even said reta- retaliation. No, there's a clue right there. <laughs> oh, so when she says like Leviathan, you know, you just take out a couple letters. Mm-hmm. So you take out four letters, and it's at least the repeating letters of Talia, but it has an extra like I A or something like Leviathan without E H L or E H N in some, like what. um Anyway, I was like, I had the word written out, and I crossed out four letters to see how I could make Talia. But there were still two extra letters. But I love word games like that. When spoilers, yeah. Tom Marvolo Riddle is Lord Voldemort. Uh, <laughs> but you rearrange the letters, like, oh fuck, it was there all along. Sounds mm-hmm. like you're starting to make a sigil. I'm um, starting to read Harry Potter again. No, I'm just-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in my mind like, okay, I can get Talia out of it but there's that doesn't seem like it, I thought like is it al Ghul as well i don't right
0: yeah. right it's it's not perfect, but it's uh, there's repeated letters that are inherent with Antalya if you refu- remove four of them but um the the statement um wow, when they say four kind of bizarre things, I forget where it was, but kind of talking about the prophecy i e um the past that bruce saw when he was at the end of time and kind of looking back after knowing everything but it's kind of a dream so it's kind of a weird prophecy but he says like two headstones um and he says two other words and you guys probably are more familiar with this than i was but that symbol that leviathan keeps using the the triangle and everything um Mm -hmm. I, i wish i could remember it but the one of the words that they say when just saying that thing were like two headstones um, one of the other words that I wasn't familiar with is what that symbol is in the name of that symbol
1: yeah the world inflames two headstones Kali the destroyer Kali yeah who's the, you know the female Vedic god that comes and cleanses the world with destruction
0: okay so, and that is awesome to know as well that like Kali that word is tied into the symbol that is on this like kind of propaganda Nazi thing that she's been hanging everywhere so I was pumped to see like at least that um image tied to some historical or you know medieval religious or you know occultist things right yeah and kelly is you know
1: she's the like the female embodiment of destruction in indian lore and then like the upside triangle is like the yanni or the vagina uh-huh,
0: uh-huh
1: and so it's like that's distinctly a female destructive okay. force Fucked like yeah. it's kind of saying like yo bitch it's i'm a female you're missing the point like yeah you know, it's it's your lost love yeah. like there's a and the the blossom around it it's some good symbology there
0: lotus yeah i uh i think this issue is phenomenal what else what else do we got um my fellas and no worries if we're done i also you know i know we're all busy boys. i love the art shift that happened when batman walked into the room that was supposed to be the decrepit agent room like, it gets noticeably sketchier, like, the way that yeah. inking is happening there. I'm not sure if that was intentional or just, like, they had more than one inker.
1: I just, like, have to say that the, like, technical chops, the ability to distort perspective, time, space, color that Burnham has is, like, he, you know, he's done a little bit, and maybe it's because he, he needs a writer to bring that out of him. His His style is a little more cartoony. Yep but he really came out of the gate like he hasn't had it been that long in his career and he's doing this work like the guy is a star child like i am blown away about like how amazing his work is on this he's one of my favorite artists like i just he's got a psychedelic eye that i i feel like it would take years to cultivate
2: yeah his his art just in this issue alone i mean it's so different and evocative of different moods when he when um Damien opens the red door and walks in there his art and it and it's the like the desiccated corpses and Daedalus's corpses sitting in the chair with the cobwebs and everything it's so finely detailed and and radically different from the previous pages and the pages that follow it it's so cool
0: right I um... me... Can you yeah, imagine you... if
2: I can't imagine any other artist doing this issue.
0: I mean, I outside it quietly, but you know that's just because I. Yeah, well, yeah, quietly. I'm, 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 (laughs) you know, that's what I say about every issue, and it's probably not healthy. I love the man. I want to suck on his toes. And
2: and it's man, this issue. So after this issue, like the hood is dead, and Gaucho is, if not dead, he's pretty close. The outsiders are apparently
0: all dead. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They like fucked up our buddies man they like batman The Bat- this shot of oh, his eyes when the, the lenses have been burst out after he's been electrocuted and his like eyelids are bleeding and there's broken glass around it is oh. one of the most <laughs> visceral shots of batman i've ever seen yeah your point like maybe i don't even know that quietly would have been able to do it as perfectly as this like there is a cartoonish gorish nature of this I mean, and like an really ugliness to it. it yeah
1: um but Batman is defeated there. Like he looks like a hobbled, broken old man. Like I haven't seen Batman in such dire straits since, you know, his back got broken, broken. Like there's consequences there. Like, fuck our dude is, he's totally outclassed and it sucks.
0: It's so I didn't trace the chronology of this issue as well, but like, so when he gets to the shot and they're talking about, jezebel jets revenge and he finds the demon head in there and talks to her to on the phone his lenses aren't broken yet i f- i feel like they're implying the, the, even to oh, the point where like, his oh, yeah. shadow his eyes are glowing so that i think took place before they got put in the spiral room yeah oh. it must have oh wow which is you know the confusing chronology we'll unpack that for days now guys i have two bits of business to cover before we get out of here oh yeah the first is an email from chris buquette and i love it and um and it's perfect for this episode so um what a way to end the first season of batman inc boy am i glad you split leviathan strikes into two parts there's just too much in it to process all at once honestly chapter two might still be too dense because i think i only understand about 90 uh, percent of it still Regarding chapter one, I found that St. Hadrian is the patron of arms dealers, butchers, guards, and soldiers. That's awesome. And I do believe Son of Pig is meant to be Professor Pig's literal child as he reveals his true name to be Janos Valentine. And Pig's name is Laszlo Valentine. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> um i didn't realize that also i think the beauty supplies that double as weapons might be another reference to the original batwoman rather than james bond as she had a purse filled with similar tools cool uh lastly i think stephanie was aware batman was posing as the gardener it refers to him leaving her alone not at the school but specifically in this fight against the other girls chapter two is obviously a little less straightforward combine the non-linear nature of the script with the psychedelic art and i'm honestly not sure what happens but i love it It really makes you feel like the labyrinth effect of Dr. Daedalus's trap is in fact, affecting us. Perhaps I too was dosed with mind eroding gasp. I remember <laughs> every day I am, uh, Chris. I hear you. <laughs> um, perhaps I too was dosed with mind eroding but I remember Daedalus as being dead the whole time and was genuinely confused, surprised by his own return with El Gaucho. I suppose Burnham's art of that skeleton covered in webs just really stuck with me. And that's all I remembered. Chris, that was the exact same experience I had. <clears throat> in the last couple episodes, I've said, like, because there's some time stuff, and I was pretty sure that what we'd learned is he had been dead all along um kind of like sky captain in the world of tomorrow uh and that was just my brain made that connection i think because that image of him dead in the chair by burnham is so evocative but my brain is yeah
2: and also he's using daedalus's dialogue switches back and forth between apparently him speaking and but and his recorded voice
0: yeah which is like (laughs) where the voice comes from yeah my brain is still reeling from all of this, so I'll avoid rambling any further about this issue for now. I will leave you with this. I recently learned that Black Hand was a Serbian secret military society that may have helped start World War I. I thought this might have had some bearing on Morrison using the name Black Glove for the secret society of supervillains. I love that. And then, P.S., I was wondering if you intentionally named your podcast Batman in Quarantine, because now that I've noticed it, I can't help but wonder. Batman, I-N-Q, Batman, Inc. Um... I did not. I, I did not. That would be no, very no, good. No, 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 say, no. Say you did. Say you no, did. that's like what Justin <laughs> brought up a while ago, which is like, do you think that, you know, like maybe it was Pendleton Ward, maybe you'd mention, but like, just put, or er, uh, Jesse Moynihan, but like you have a vision while you're doing something, put it in the story. It'll pay off later. Yeah. That, this isn't even that cool. I was just alone and needed to get something <laughs> up because it, the time had come and it needed to happen. So that was a, a boring name I chose, but um, it is very good for that. But in the bigger cosmic meta
2: thing, something was informing your your (laughs) brain to call it that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, And then the second... So, Chris, thank you for that email. I'm totally with you, and I loved all of your insights there. Um, The question I have next is that the Omnibus has the next issue as Batman Incorporated Zero, because during the New 52, they did this thing where everything had a Zero issue, and like all the Mm -hmm. covers were things jumping out of it. And I... I'm wondering, should we do that one next in the following the Omnibus tradition of the next issue? Or should we skip that one and go to the actual issue of Batman Inc. Volume 2, number one, and then try to do that zero issue when it would have come out, which I could probably track down.
1: I... I, Go ahead. I have the zero issue, but it's like supplementary. It's not critical, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we could do it, but... it, I, don't, I don't even think it necessarily fits into where we are now.
0: I, that's my fear. Because I, I think that, that it came out like halfway through Volume 2 and it's just kind of supplemental. It's that's, Batman in Japan what, stuff. Oh, that's what my question was going to be, is where does it fit chronologically? It's Fraser Irving, and I'm not exactly sure where it fits. It does have, the first page is the exploding of Island of Dr. Mayhew, which is past oh, cool. stuff. <laughs> so it, it might, That cover there on the inside is amazing. I mean, let, I guess let's do let's do the next episode as that one just to follow okay. the omnibus printing. Um, I but yeah, I don't remember it at all, and I don't even know if I ever read it. So because uh, <laughs> I do remember, just like Justin said, it was it it was very out of the the storyline at the time when it came out. Yeah. Okay, so everyone, just so, so they know, Batman Inc. number zero is the next issue. And then the next issue after that, Thursday of next week's issue will be volume two, issue number one, which is my prized possession in all of comic Dumb is I have the Frank Quietly variant cover to that issue number one, and I got it autographed by Morrison, Burnham, and Quietly. And Roman had put the issue aside for me because it was before I started working at the shop because he was like, I know Jeff likes Frank Quietly, so instead of putting this variant on the wall, we'll just hold it aside and give him the opportunity to buy it. So Roman, you run a good comic <laughs> shop, boy. baby. Yeah. God, I'm so, so glad I'm, we I got it. I love that you still this. have it. Oh, yeah, of course. It's autographed. What I need is a, like a nice-ass frame for it because it's yeah. the nicest comic book thing I own. Yeah, with the special glass so it doesn't get sun-faded. Yeah guys and it doesn't age yeah you know we only had one of those meta materials i need to get another one of those frames but we gave the only like sun resistant comic frame to justin for his birthday a couple years ago with the first appearance of flex Mentallo, i think yeah um, yeah of doom patrol framed in there um <laughs> yeah i yeah. still have that frame good good yeah. good i i hoped that one day you would just sort of cycle key issues through i and did always look and be like that's a cool a cool thing. I'm so glad to have talked to the two of you about this issue. Um, we'll have to hear Django's thoughts next time, but I cannot imagine trying to spin ourselves out of this web with anything less than the three of us.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm really glad we're kind of in the main, the main streamlined plot stuff of this book. We've kind of got some of the monster of the week stuff out of the way. Yeah. You know, this, this is when I like, it was a turning point when I first read this, like, okay, I'm absolutely as on board as I ever was you know i'm a fool for doubting um because this is when it gets really bucked up and really good yeah.
0: we're 16 issues 17 issues i guess with the zero issue from the end that's at two two wow. episodes a week that's only two months that's one episode a week it's four Jengo was like you should just go to one a week and you know um, i don't know how the audience would feel about that uh listeners if you feel inclined um on the facebook group post about it or send an email to the shop but like for this final sixteen issues, do you want us to keep up two a week, or would you like it to go twice as long and be once a week? I'm I'm fine either. I would I would I would like to hear everyone's opinion. My thought is that I would assume people still want two a week. So, um, but uh, let us know at Batman in Quarantine. You can send us an email there. Don't forget in the show notes, I've continued to link the awesome uh, your our sentences up Spotify playlist of all the Morrison lyrics or songs that he's referencing comics go to the website or you know, click that link because it's awesome, and I'm super glad that um, that's a part of it. And then also, if you haven't checked out the Facebook group, go check out the Facebook group. Andrew Carlson made it. It's amazing. Roman and Justin, I'm so fucking proud of us at this point that we're here and doing it, and I love that we still just spent a morning talking about the psychedelic web of uh, Grant Morrison's Batman Run. Thank you both so much for continuing to be here. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, it was. This, this as always, it's a blast. Yeah. always a blast all right well love you both i'll see you both um sooner than these podcast people will get to see you because we all work together <laughs> and that's awesome and this was episode whatever because we don't know yeah, <clears throat> i'm jeff 42 62
2: 87 i don't know 420 <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
2: nice bro all
0: right guys we'll see you all next week